time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast. It's Monday, Volatile Monday, March 23rd, 2020. It's good to have you here. You know, 2020 is supposed to bring you into everything into focus. Well, it's a little out of focus right now, and Joe's going to try to figure out. He's trying to figure out what do I report on when the markets are so crazy and disconnected. Well, we're going to hear more about it with his update as well as Les Parker. We've got a great podcast, and we're so excited that you're here. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so thrilled to have you as our listener. We've won some awards, and that's all great. But the biggest reward we have is having you make this a regular part of your way of staying up on all that is going on in the industry. And we're going to talk about as much of it as we can today. In our Hot Topics segment, we've got Josh Friend coming, founder and CEO of Incelerate. And he's going to be talking about how to connect with your borrower. Borrower engagement. There's a lot going on in the industry But the key to great leadership is taking time to engage with your borrowers. If you're an LO listening to this, if you're in the mortgage business, how are you connecting to your customers, whoever your customers are? We're going to be talking to Josh. He says it's no longer B2B or B2C. It's now H2H, human to human. So we're going to talk about that. Can't wait. Treating others as real people. Communicating. We're going to get into that with Josh, who's the president, founder, CEO of Incelerate in the Hot Topic. But first, let's get over and say how proud we are to be part of the industry syndicate. Good to be a part of that group. Check out all of the podcasts there, industrysyndicate.com. You know, when everyone's you know, quarantined or at home, you know, doing this social distancing thing, we have got more people listening to this podcast than ever before. And several people are saying, we're finally all getting caught up in all the episodes and everyone appreciates so much of what we do here. And I want to say thank you to our listeners for reaching out to me. So many of you do through LinkedIn as our producer and program manager continues to post like crazy out there, all the stuff that we have, giving you a little excerpt. So we really say thank you to Paul for that and the comments that are coming in. I was talking to one of my clients, Bobby Nicely at Alcova Mortgage. He says, man, is this ever pushing us towards doing e-mortgages, e-everything? as we all work from home. And so he says, I went through your podcast today. It was a great amount of information. Also heard from Lloyd Larson. Man, he's a veteran of the industry, as well as Justin Demolia of the Lenders One. Stephen Cooley, we've had him as a guest. Richard Dietz was here and talking about him. Looking at some of the comments he made. Really good. Thank you, James, for what you're saying. Jackie Cunio is doing a great job of Talk Us Up, as well as our good friend David Kittle. Happy birthday, David Kittle. It's your birthday today. And we're appreciating all of our friends that are on here. Speaking of friends, let's talk to Amy Moses at MERS. And this coming Wednesday, they have their Legal and Risk Stakeholders webinar. Uh, The subject is E-Note Legal Guidance from Attorneys for Attorneys. Now, you can get signed up. Andy Shell signed up, asked to reach out and get signed up for it. While it is designed for attorneys and risk management professionals, I think we're all in risk management, this webinar will explain how e-commerce or how e-commerce laws create legal validity on a national level for e-notes. Man, talk about a timely webinar. So get signed up for it. 
email amy.moses, M-O-S-E-S, at theice.com, theice.com, to get registered. The panelists on this will be Sharon Horsecamp, as well as David Whitaker, Keith Walsh, and you're not going to want to miss this. Great participants, and we're thrilled to have had them on the program. We get a lot of feedback on what Chris had to say uh, from ICE on the podcast here just recently. Special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Thank you, MBA, for all that you do, especially in these crazy times, helping provide guidance and stability in our industry. A special thank you to Finastra, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses compliance issues. They do a great job. We have enjoyed working with Finastra, and they continue to be a proud sponsor of us. Marianne, who we've worked with for a long time, Marianne Frank is moving on to other responsibilities. We've got starting to get to work with Brandy there. So very excited to do that. But shout out to Finastra, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these co-ops give you a competitive advantage because you get to know people up close and personal. And I really just can't tell you how proud we are to be a part of both of these organizations. And there's different things going on while they're both collaborative initiatives They're going about it in slightly different ways. So we're members of both. Maybe you should be as well. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. We've got Michael Jones coming up on our program next week to tell us more about what the CMLA is doing, as well as some of the initiatives going on. Again, CMLA representing small to mid-sized lenders. Also, Indicom. So thrilled to have them as a sponsor as well as Incelerate. Josh is here with us today. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans by engaging better with your borrowers, prospects, as well as, and you can't forget about those past customers. Ainsworth, improving your business efficiencies and developing strong leadership. Be sure to go to AinsworthAdvisors.com. Check out all of our advisors and the interviews we're doing. We also have some audio clips up there that will be really valuable. And these times, Jay Brinkman's a part of that. we got some clips from him, and you'll want to check that out at AinsworthAdvisors.com website. AI Assist. We're using them right now to do some marketing. i got to tell you, they're backed by Conversica. What they do to get your message out so effective, and we just love how artificial intelligence can help your organization. So check out AIAssist.com. Also, Celebrity Home Loans, Pete Gabrion's interview from uh, November 18th. They are busier. He was, I was talking to David Robden. I was in uh, recently in Phoenix with him, and we were talking about how their volume is continuing to grow. And David is bringing in a bunch of capital so he can continue to acquire more companies. So if you hear companies that are looking for a good home, Looking to get under a great umbrella, well-capitalized? Check out Celebrity Home Loans. Get a hold of Pete Gabrione there or David Robdap, as well as Knowledge Coop. Our friend there bringing a learning management system to the market. Ken Perry and the group, outstanding. As well as Mobility RE. Last week's message we had on Ben Turlink. Be sure to check it out. Some real interesting thoughts and strategies that Ben shared last week in the interview and how you can develop key relationships with realtors and recruit top LOs and with empirical data. Also, Modex, also a sponsor, does the same thing, slightly different way. We have clients using both of these solutions. We encourage you to check them both out, modex.com. Velma, as well as Vendorsurf. I love the guys at Vendorsurf and Velma. And Vidyard. I want to say a little bit about Vidyard. Where so much you need to be communicating as leaders in your organization. And you need a tool like Vidyard that allows you to distribute the message out and do so in a consistent manner and have the tools that Vidyard has. So be sure to check out Vidyard.com. 
Love them. We use them in getting the message out. Finally, a special thank you goes to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe for their contributions each week to this podcast. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. On Monday, NBA President and CEO Bob Brooksmith released a statement applauding the Federal Reserve for announcing its intent to increase the scale and scope of its purchase of agency mortgage-backed securities and agency commercial mortgage-backed securities. This will not only protect consumers by stabilizing mortgage rates for home purchases, but it will also help homeowners to refinance their loans and support multifamily real estate markets. Brooksman went on to say that going forward, a critically important program will be to provide support to impacted homeowners through forbearance. In order for this to succeed, though, liquidity is required for the residential mortgage servicing sector, which can come from a Ginnie Mae program and a creation of a dedicated Federal Reserve liquidity facility. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and the macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by PowerSeller. PowerSeller makes hedging easy. Stimulus dollars of yellow and green towering over your head. Look for the germ with the sneeze in your eyes, and it's gone. Loosely in the sky with diamonds. When cash drops from the sky throughout the USA, do viruses die? Who pays for government largesse and the Federal Reserve's big liquidity machine? You! The great repricing, which is happening now, leads to big increases in economic activity. Is coronavirus gone? Loosely from the sky with diamonds. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Oh, yeah, Les. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was starting out. I was going, okay, where are you going? We were just back in Liverpool, my wife and I, before all this craziness broke out. And we were back in Liverpool and going through the Beatles Museum. So I love that song. Love the Beatles. It was great stuff. But good job on that, Les. Yeah, we're dropping money from the skies. Watch what happens to our federal debt, what the unintended consequences are. Check out Les's newsletter at tmspotlight.com. Subscribe to it. More and more people are doing so, and we're hearing from them. They're saying, man, this is really interesting, and they're getting to like and understand Les's music parodies. Joe Farr, good to have you here with us. Hi, Dave. Appreciate you, man. Try to help us make some sense of this crazy market. There are, they are just disconnected, disjointed, and dysfunctional. Woo! Crazy. Uh, like we've said the last couple of weeks, I just my hat goes off to the secondary departments because it is wicked out there. Yeah, again, prices are volatile today. Uh, they're up over a point and a half from where they ended the day on Friday. A lot of this is driven by what the Fed has been doing over the last few days last week, and they're going into additional, you know, MBS purchases to help the mortgage market. Stocks are dropping. You know, although today the stock market is down only a little over 400 points earlier in the day, it was down closer to 1,000. So we're off the lows of the day, which is nice to see. But, you know, last week was just a roller coaster of price movement with multiple days showing two-point swings between the highs and the lows. And obviously intraday price changes were common. 
the volatility came from a lot of sources, you know, as as markets shifted out of stocks into uh, safer assets, as people shifted out of safer assets into cash. You know, Fed bond buying caused a great deal of the volatility late in the week. They announced reactions to the markets were going to cause them to increase their purchases. So as they made those announcements, that affected the market, MBS markets, and created additional volatility. Over the last few days, they went from you know basically buying a, a couple billion a, a day to over 40 billion, and those announcements really did create those big swings as you might expect. You know, for the week, there was not that big a change in price, one percent increase in MBS prices on a two and a half percent security. There was a little more improvement in price on the on three percent security. Yeah, and the Fed also made comments that were more directed to the stock market. And despite all those announcements, the Dow fell another 3,000 points, which we all know. You know, the economic data, as as we said last week, really don't matter. But uh, didn't matter. But the you know the jobless claims did jump, as you might expect, from 211,000 the week before to 281,000. I'll get into that in just a minute. It's, it could be shocking this week. So looking at you know this week, the market is going to be absorbing more what the Fed's done and is doing. Seems like they're doing things every day that are intended to help the market and maybe will help the market, but will also create volatility, continue to create volatility. On Thursday, Dave, the initial jobless claims are going to come out, and uh, that's where I was saying it could be shocking. Uh, you know, the forecast is for an increase, a small increase in the number of initial jobless claims, but. Uh, I read an article from uh, Goldman Sachs who put out a number that said the initial jobless claims may exceed 2 million. You know, that's up to 181,000. And they said, you know, there's some evidence that that might be a little bit more than what they expected. But even conservative estimates call for a million-plus new jobless claims. Uh, And again, that's up from 211,000 last week or two weeks ago. So... And then we will get consumer sentiment to come out this week, and and that too would be interesting to see just how the consumers feeling about things these days with the drop in the stock market and the you know uh, staying at home and and all that's been going on, lack of jobs. I mean, it really will. And those things have to have an impact on the housing market at some point because consumers cannot be feeling very good about things, and and likely therefore will will hesitate to buy new homes. Yeah, that's a short synopsis of a lot that's going on, and I'm afraid yeah, I'm I know. not able to do everything justice. But like I said to start, it's just a time, especially for the secondary marketing people, because no matter which direction the market's going, it's bad on secondary. And then when you see it going up and down the way it has been, that kind of exacerbates the problem. So. Yeah, and then we just saw a headline just pop up saying Boeing is shutting down their production in Seattle. So you just look at how the – I mean, this is going to be volatile for a period of time. We're a little bit close to the highs on the equities today. But, you know, I kind of think we're going to be retesting the lows by the end of the day. We'll see how the market closes out. We're, we're not over this. This is going to be continuing a little bit longer. And it's going to be just a roller coaster. And my heart goes out to everyone in the secondary market trying to hedge in these markets. It's not an easy job. Not well, and, job, and then you got servicers as well. I know recently the NBA over the weekend requested more from the Fed, and you know they got some of what they were asking for uh, late last week, and, and, and that was more 
MBS purchases to help stabilize right. the market and keep things calm. But they also ask for support for servicers. Uh, you know, servicers are going to be putting out the payments that are uh, are not made by people who have lost their job. So one estimate that the amount of advances could could exceed $75 billion. Wow. You know, servicers are going to have to come out of pocket for that, and, and, and the NBA has asked for some assistance Relief, in that yeah. regard. Yeah. People are so – well, we thought this was the lowest. We didn't think interest rates were going to be this low. We thought for sure this was a great time. Maybe get some comments from Andy on that a little bit later on the Profit Doctor segment. But we certainly have seen this is going to be at some point. I could try to get back into servicing would be worth something. But, boy, trying to pick that is like trying to pick the bottom of the equity markets and when it jump back in. It's creating huge investment opportunities for those of us who went to cash, and we did. But some of my upside that I missed, but not anymore, man. Looking for the bottom and as close as I can. So, Joe, appreciate you being here. Appreciate sure. your thoughts and comments. You're, you summed it up well. If you're walking by the secondary department, Make sure they're doing okay, folks. Don't they're having one of those days you'll understand why. Alice Alvey, good to have you here with us. So much to talk about, Alice. CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week a legislative update. I got so many questions for you on the offside, Alice. Oh well, I'm happy to help answer them and hopefully my signal is clear, Dave. I'll try and talk clearly and slowly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's so, okay. It's it's up. a little it's a little choppy, but we'll deal with it. It's not a problem. It's it's your substance of all that you have to share with us, so people may have to strain just a little bit more. But what you got, and then I want to get your take on the the announcement FHFA just put out directing the GSEs to be grant flexibilities of the appraisal and employment verification. So give us your segment, and i got a bunch of questions here for you. Sure. Okay, so that is in my segment to talk about, too. So, but I'll start with... Everybody here should be signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Make sure that you are prepared so that when these, any of the bills related to making an e-mortgage and an e-closing be able to run more smoothly, you want to be there to encourage your congressmen to help them realize how, you know, we've got to get these refis through the pipeline. So right now there is a bill for remote online notarization. That's what RON stands for. This is just one small part of, you know, what we refer to. There, think, keep in mind, there's a digital closing process. We've, right. I think we've got digital application down pretty well. There's a few ink signed, wet signed forms still, but one of the biggest roadblocks to a digital closing is being able to get an e-notarization. And many states uh, haven't adopted this yet for many, many reasons. You know, we've been trying as an industry for 20 years to try and get this done. We've had the technology. Anyway, so keep on your toes when that comes across. Uh, push your congressman through Ma Mortgage Action Alliance to be able to get that uh, to the top of the pile or perhaps included in some of the other relief bills because we've got there are a lot of roadblocks to a true e-mortgage and e-note in some states, about half the states are not set up for this. So we do want to encourage the federal law won't override any state law, but it will set up a framework and give some of those states a sense of urgency perhaps as uh, we try and get the country so we can continue in our industry all the way through closing with an electronic note and uh, electronic mortgage. There are a lot of barriers. For those of you who are interested in this, Fannie and Freddie both have a guide to an e-mortgage and an e-note. And when you read through that, you know, for many years, they've listed off, they've surveyed lenders to find out how many roadblocks there are. 
And uh, so for those of you who are going, what's the problem? Why can't we just accept e-signatures? There are lots of steps along the way between the warehouse lender, the custodial bank, your subservicer, your servicer, and even to the attorneys, what's legal, and all the way into foreclosure servicing. So just wanted to let you all know that's a, that's a big one. So Dave, we can circle to what you were referencing where FIFA's directed Fannie and Freddie to yep. provide some flexibilities on the appraisal alternative. There's supposed to be an actual memo from Fannie and Freddie by about yep. 2 o'clock today. Yes, I have some lenders that are passing, are just receiving it in my inbox now as we are doing this, having a chance to uh, comment. But Freddie just released theirs. Fannie released theirs a bit earlier. And so they are being forwarded to me. As long as a whole bunch of other things. I'm getting a lot of requests for you. We could just make this hot topic all around you, but we do want to get to Josh. But I want to talk a little bit about what are you guys doing in the states where they're, uh, well, first of all, on the appraisal, and I think this is just rolling out. It's hot news. I think it's going to come back to this, listeners. It's who you're selling your loan to. If you're not approved with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you can only hope that your investors that you're selling to are adopting this guidance. So we'll we'll find out. So that's we'll get more on that. And Alice, we may want to do a midweek program or something, just do an update on some of this. And because there are so many questions, if you're interested, we're getting several requests for us, you and I, to get on and do a quick kind of like a interim program to talk about this. If you're interested in it, we'd yeah, love to. Absolutely. I think Tatifa gave us some hints. Obviously, our leadership's been in touch with Fannie and Freddie, as I'm sure many of the other lenders out there are having some direct conversations with them. So we have a sense of what we can do to be able to get some appraisals and, you know, really leverage collateral underwriter, the technologies. I think one of the biggest things was re-verifications of employment. And, you know, you can't call the boss a cell phone because that's not an arm's length verification and everybody's <laughs> working from home. So, right. you know, you're not able to call into the corporate line in a lot of cases. So they are accepting email. And actually, I love that they're accepting a pay stub. So if you can get a recent yes. pay stub or bank statement yep. that shows the recent deposit, I think what folks are looking for is to find recent, you know, and so, that, of course, they're going to put in use prudent underwriting. So, Dave, yeah, we can take a deep dive on that and uh, provide an interim program. Things are changing so much. A midweek program sounds great. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, we have to move you back to another wherever you were standing because it's starting to break up a little bit. The other thing that's coming in, Alice, that we're hearing about is title insurance. And I want to get your take on this, what you guys are doing at Union Home. And the other one will be on how are you handling with the shutdown, employees being remote. If there's any special provisions, several people asked us for your comments on that. But let's start with the title insurance. Some counties are not having the full staff or any staff, and there's concern there's some talk and rumors floating around out there. I hate rumors. We heard a rumor last week that UWM was in trouble. Nothing could be further than the truth. They are doing really well. I know Matt Ishbia. I know Vince Parlov there. And we got a good report that they're strong and healthy, doing better than ever. So, folks, be careful about these rumors. But there are rumors talking about there's special provisions that you can do and your title insurance. There's waivers. In other words, if everyone agrees that even though we can't get this note recorded, at the courthouse, if everyone agrees that they're going to accept what was on the prelim, that's good. Well, every attorney I've talked to goes, uh, that's all well and fine, but if something slips in in the way of a recording beforehand, it's going to be hard to ignore that. I want to get your thoughts. Alice, have you, have you guys talked about that and how you're dealing with some of the courthouses, the counties that might be not fully staffed or unable to record docs? 
Yes, we obviously you have to look at, you know, who you're doing business with, right? So this is where knowing your title providers, we're very fortunate to have mutual title in two of our biggest states, you know, in Michigan and in Ohio. Also looking at, you know, that you need to be dealing with a major insurance carrier and a title agency that knows how they're going to handle this and also looking at gap insurance. Now, yes. we all know that even gap insurance has gaps. There's gaps in the gap insurance. Gaps in the gap insurance. So those are just a few things. I think for now we can take a deeper dive on it as part of the program. Um, yeah. But there is a lot to consider there, and business relationships is a huge part of it. And as long as nobody's recording, then we're all in the same boat. But if the recorder's office is not an always, but a sometimes, we could have a problem to what you just described. The yep. other thing as far as operationally, you know, we keep using the line, Bill Cosgrove said it this morning, is hopefully you fixed your roof when it was sunny and you're not trying to fix your roof when it's raining. We were very yep. fortunate all of our partners are on laptops anyway, everyone. We don't, we don't use desktops. So it was easy. You know, we mobilized and got 1,000 people working from home in a matter of a couple of days. A lot of companies that were operating on desktops are still having people in the office and still struggling to mobilize. So, yeah, we have to share with you some of the tips on how we're operating and doing record volume and still turning loans wow. and closing loans in 27 days or less. You should see my text messages. Can't wait. Tell us. Post it. I po- <laughs> Who's your producer? Make sure he lets us know. Okay. Yeah. There, we need to. We need to focus in on that. Everyone's looking for guidance on what's going on, on how to deal with this, especially when you're like post closing. Who should be in the office? Who can you not get around? And I think almost everyone's figured out a way to having everyone at home. There may be some exceptions, but there's a way to do it, folks. So Alice and I will be back on another program this week. And so, we'll, Alice, I'll get you some talking points. But thanks for being here today, and thank you for participating in the Hot Topic segment. So, yeah, wherever you went to, it cleared up, so we had good audio. Alice at the end there. Oh, real, real good. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find a place to move around in the house where you have good audio, and we're all dialed in from cell phones and that. Again, that's Alice Alvey. We're going to be doing a special podcast. She is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. Truly one of the leaders in our industry, and we'll be bringing you some more leadership updates later on. Alan Pollock is here with the tech update. Alan, how are you doing down there in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida? Man, I am doing great socially distancing myself. You know, David, I'd like to say that we have been pretty licking, right? We're we're licking on lending. We have been 10 (laughs) years completely remote. Right, none of us are. We're using technology, so if we can do it, you can do it. So you, you definitely uh, you want to you want to make sure that you're you're practicing social distancing. Actually, a friend of mine from California, they do a lot of business with, told me that police are actually starting to pull people over. To yeah. he thinks this week they'll start trying to make a point of certain people, trying to really force people to uh, to not be out if you don't have to be. So important, yep. very very important. There's yeah, one question, a lot of questions coming in. You actually got a little garbled when you're talking, which is going to, are we maxing out our infrastructure? You, Alice was a little garbled there. Who knows? I might be, but you were coming in a little bit, which really goes to voice over Internet protocols, the VoIP lines, as well as our conferencing facilities. We're hearing numerous conference services saying, it's getting more and more difficult to dial in. It doesn't matter which one you're using. Hearing the best reports on Zoom, uh, we're using one. I won't mention it, we're, but we are having some struggles on that. So 
if that's one of the common threads that people wanted me to get your commentary on. If you wouldn't mind giving us a little perspective, uh, what are you hearing? Yeah, would love would love to. Actually, the internet is not broken, right? And I it's not that's it's not Netflix because we've we've seen a lot of the news about Netflix asking to throttle down the bandwidth of the the screen resolutions and such. No, look, there is a website you can go to. It's actually the downdetector.com. And they've got everything listed there. You know, if you look at GoToMeeting and you look at Zoom, uh, those systems have had some outage. You can actually, if, you, if you're a big user of GoToMeeting, you can go to status, S-T-A-T-U-S dot gotomeeting.com. I haven't found one for Zoom. Zoom has been much more reliable, but with all of the educational lessons and institutions and such moving to Zoom, I'm guessing that they'll probably have some stress. It's about technology. It's about the systems that power the technology and the data centers and how well do they, do they work? How's the software code? How's all the throughput? How, how are services work when they fail? They're supposed to heal themselves and auto restart. That's what we're talking about here, not so much about internet and network bandwidth. Yes, it plays a very important part in it, but it is, it is a very small piece of the equation in my opinion. I myself have experienced numerous outages on GoToMeeting and others, sometimes just using the phone call if you don't need the video, save that bandwidth and those servers and the GoToMeeting server farms for other people if you only need the phone call part of the meeting. But that's really what we're talking about here. I got to be honest with you, you know, Zoom, their stock price has exploded. They yeah. actually provide, they provide free 40-minute, 100-guest sessions. And for all educational institutions, they've actually removed the 40-minute minimum, uh, minimum and they have over 10,000 plus schools and institutions that have registered. Wow. And you're seeing everything from musicians, yoga instructors, you're seeing bar mitzvahs, weddings, you name it. <laughs> Everyone is doing Zoom. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I was sort of getting to, David, in the beginning, saying the new norm. We are moving to a remote present type of environment. There was this amazing article from Lennar Home, Home Loans. Uh, well, Lennar I Home saw that. And what they're doing is they're doing drive-through notarizations. They did have one employee that unfortunately did pass from, from COVID-19. And since that time, they've gone actually to where they're allowing people to purchase a home completely remotely with the option for a personal and private tour through FaceTime. And by the way, the reason FaceTime isn't being used as much as Zoom and GoToMeeting is because FaceTime's not available on all platforms. So that's why that's you're true. seeing more popularity yeah with those other platforms. And what they're doing is they're basically saying, hey, you can drive through, express drive through, you can get your docs notarized and you can work there. They're trying to help their customers work without risk or contact. So that was one of the things I wanted to chat about today. You hit right on it. And you know, I think we're, where we are now, David, we've been focusing on the borrower end of technology. We're really gonna now start focusing on, I think, moving this industry towards e-notes and e-mortgages oh, yeah. and remote online notarizations. I mean, Alice, you, you hit the nail on the head with some of the things you said. I actually today was going to talk about an article. We talked about this back in November. It's from Fitch Ratings, and what they had said is their exact quote, despite the industry enthusiasm for automation, widespread e-mortgage adoption remains several years away, slowed by several obstacles. And what they say is originators and servicers will need to address concerns regarding enforceability, the required technology, system security, and showing borrower consent. And that doesn't even count, right, all of these local counties and states that, that have laws and infrastructure that need to 
continue to expand. So we today are going to be looking at the, the counties and states that can handle all of these e-notes and, and RONs that Alice was talking about, but we're not going to expand there while we're, while, we're, while we're all working from home. It's going to be a lot harder. And our, our sort yeah. of mission of business is very, is very much more now focused. So things like what Lennar is doing, we're going to still find ways to keep moving this industry forward. We're all going to get creative. And that's really, you know, the other part of what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about flexibility. Your partners, you know, we're an industry, David, you know this. We're an industry of partnership and collaboration. I would say yep. we have the best More so conferences. Yeah, we're, well, our conferences aren't about flashy times in Vegas and, you know, best keynote speakers. We do have great ones, but, but our conferences are about moving the industry and moving the needle forward, right? Uh, ultimately, we all work for the home buyer, the homeowner. We've talked about that. And so you, now's the time to have the right partners. You know, Josh, I've worked with you, our, our, key, our keynote speaker, our, um, our Hot Topic segment, Josh hot, Friend today. Yeah. I've worked with your, with your company in a couple cases. You guys are great partners. You know, you want a partner like that. Somebody, it doesn't matter whose turn it is to test. It doesn't matter, you know, um, whose turn it is to verify if something's working or just to say, hey, we've got people that can help you. We've got an outsourced underwriting friend or a department or, or we have underwriters that, that are six months out that are willing to work, you know, and help you. And whatever it is, even just verifying that, hey, we have extra server capacity, Let's get you over there and talk about the bill later. Whatever it is, you need great partners. And I'm speaking from the technology side. Of course, there's partnership all around. But that's what we have to focus on during these, these unique times. We're going to continue to prosper. We're going to see the industry move forward. There's going to be somewhat, yep. I think, of a lag. Our technology efforts are going to be focused on sustainability. It's going to be focused on business continuity. And there's a lot on the technology side. We probably could talk for two hours on this topic. But, and I want to save time for, uh, for Andy and the hot topic. But, but really, yep. Let's focus on keeping our systems and our businesses moving well with what we have done. Like Alice said, hopefully you fixed your roof when it was sunny out, not raining. <laughs> Work in good spirit of partnership. And with that, we'll get through this really well. And uh, look forward to any emails and any folks that have any questions and looking forward to the hot topic. Yeah, as well. Send them over to alan at tms-advisors.com. Appreciate you being here, my friend. Very, very grateful. Andy Shell, the profit doctor, is in the house. A doctor, Dr. Shell. Man, oh, man. Looking at the volatility in these markets. We had some questions come in specific for you on MSRs, and I know you studied that. You consult. Can't wait to get your contribution to today's program. There's so much you could go with yours with all that you have to well, say. A couple of things. The first is that from the information from Fannie Mae and one of the lenders that we're working with is struggling with some of the issues is income continuity. And I don't I don't think yes. Alice, Alice spoke on that too much yet. But if you're in a market where there's a substantial portion of your employees who are of the um, pipeline who are employed by industries impacted by the shutdown, be it casinos, gambling, restaurants, airlines, you name it, you name it. guidance was pretty much. You have to look at income continuity. If it, are they still going to have a job? And if they're not, then you have to adjust uh, accordingly. So that that's a huge issue for for uh, lenders that are concentrated with pipelines of employees who are impacted by this. So maybe next week, Alan Alice can talk more about income continuity in the assessment process when you're having to basically reevaluate. 
each borrower's ability to repay tomorrow based on not not necessarily considering what was there last month. I did want to also mention talking a little bit about starting to get into some of the MSR issue. So this week on Wednesday in two days, I'm talking about hedging again through the MBA webinar. It starts at 1.30 Eastern. So if you want to hear me talk more about hedging, hedging effect, hedging dynamics, elements of hedging, components of hedging, TBA short positions, the effect of price movement, rate movement on MBS price movement, and a negative convexity and the impact on the MSR, I'll be covering some of that then. So the, the hedging focus is really what does the controller need to know about hedging? Because we know that the, the purpose of hedging is is actually fairly straightforward. We just create a financial structure yeah. where if one goes up, the other goes down. And they go up at the same amount and at the same time. So one goes up, one goes down. So really the purpose of hedging then is to preserve the secondary marketing gain on sale. That's the whole thing. We want to, when we issue an interest lock of image to a customer, embedded in that is a gain on sale. The purpose of secondary marketing is to preserve that gain on sale. When we make a loan price today with a lock and we expect to make 3% gain on sale in 60 days or 45 days or 32 days, that 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 actually happens. And when there's extreme volatility, it makes it really difficult for all of the components of the hedging transaction to come together to preserve the secondary market margin. I've done some analysis on the VIX, which is a Chicago Board of Exchange index that tracks commodity volatility. And when the VIX gets north of 50, the margin preservation starts to decay. It starts to go down. And when it hits 70 or more, it's almost certainly. And part of the reason is because we, we transfer hedge value in the TBA short position to the mandatory delivery commitment after the loan is closed, typically. And at that moment in time when we're trying to transfer that expected gain, we may think we're going to make 101 on our loan sale gain because rates have gone up and we have a 2% gain in our hedge. But if the trading desks of the aggregators are freaking out a bit because of the high VIX, they're going to back off their bids. And instead of getting a 101 price, we may get a par or, or par and a half bid. What that ultimately means is that we just lost some of our secondary marketing gain. So when we start talking about, well, we want to have concessions to be more competitive, we've got capacity issues, so we want to raise rates, but we want to lower rates, we want to get more volume. It's as crazy as it gets. We had this happen a little bit in early 2018, like I said last week. But the thing that's unique about this event is we're seeing MBS not track on a 10-year to the right. worst that I've ever seen it in my memory. So that affects the ability to preserve margin. It's almost to the point where when things get this bad, it's almost better to go best effort simply because you don't yeah. have that Pass same degree on. of risk Yeah, when you try to get to the TBA uh, pair off and the mandatory delivery commitment. So the one solution to this, though, is to do Fannie Mae forwards, longer term yes. Fannie Mae forwards, and also really big companies that can do delivery versus payment actually create the MBS security and then sell that. That's really... The perfect hedge, but then you've got pull through because what happens if you're in a market where suddenly <laughs> so a bunch of people can't yeah. close because their jobs are imperiled, and so you you don't know if they're going to have a return to work date. You know the VVOE has to have a return to work date if there's a furlough. If you don't have that return to work date, you can't close because you don't have a valid verbal verification of employment or a VOE either one. If you're furloughed, you got to have a return to work date. 
So your pull through now is messed up. So even if you are delivering into mandatory, even if you are delivering into a security, which should be a perfect hedge assuming normal volume levels, if your pipeline starts to fall, now all of a sudden you've got a shortage of loans. So all these pieces fit together as like 15 moving targets all circling around one thing, trying to make it all work out well. So hedging stuff is complicated. I'm going to talk about it more on Wednesday if anybody wants to listen. Well, I recommend that. So recommend. Looking at the VIX today, it was at 71.25 at 8.40 this morning, and then it fell to 61.42 at 12.20. It's on the upswing again, but that just gives you an idea. There's just so much disconnection around here, which is what Joe was talking about. So, And last week it was up to 80. Yeah, it was up at 80, yeah. Just nuts. I'm, if, if you look at this, it's just... Uh, yeah, no chart available for today. I've got it up here looking at it. But Andy Shell, Prophet Doctor, Dr. Andy Shell, a good friend. If you ever want to have great barbecue and a great conversation over barbecue, get a hold of Andy Shell. If, you if you're remote, and if you want to do it remotely, go grab barbecue. He'll eat it at home. You eat it there, and you just will want to talk to him. The guy's just a wealth of knowledge, information on so many topics. The best part, he breaks the complex down and makes it simple. Sign up, folks, for this webinar. You will learn something. Oh, I don't hedge. I don't do that. I don't care. Go out and sign up anyway. It'll give you more knowledge, more understanding of what's going on. Andy Shell, appreciate it. And he's also my sponsor for the CMB. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, we're trying to get that moving forward, too, Dave. Good job. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it. Good job today. Folks, that ends the regular weekly update. And so if you're listening on an ongoing basis or listening live, just stay right here. We're going to continue on. I also want to say before we go, a big thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, the CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, who's been our guest today in the Hot Topic segment, as well as AinsworthAdvisors.com. And AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, growing fast. Check those guys out. As well as KnowledgeCoop, Mobility RE, Modex, as well as Velma, VendorSurf, and Vidyard. Thank you so much for being here, folks. Have a great week. We're working from home. Your commute is now like what mine is, out the back door into my office. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.